Welcome to the Daniel Artest Podcast, and today we have a live stream edition of the podcast. I have Mark King joining me on this podcast today, and uh, let me give you a little background on Mark King. He's a professional basketball league owner. His basketball league is called the Florida Basketball Association, or the FBA. He also owns a team in that league called the Florida Flight. He has his own um, sports agency, and he's a basketball coach as well. In this episode, we talked about, you know, hooping in the minor league basketball system. You know, basically, we talked about life, this COVID drama, and all of Mark's ventures. Stay tuned and welcome to the Daniel Artest Podcast. Welcome to the Daniel Artist Podcast live stream edition. Uh, today I have a guest, Mark King. He is the man. You know, he has his own league, the Florida Basketball Association. He's the owner of the Florida Flight. Um, he has uh, global sports and entertainment. It's an agency. You know, he's just all around guy, man. Great coach and a great person. So how I got introduced to Mark is I was just on random on Streamworld on Facebook and. I heard him talking. I caught the last like five minutes of his uh, of his own show. I forgot who the other gentleman's name was, but you know, y'all were just talking about you know just like mental health and depression and stuff. And I just let my my comments and stuff and like your answers was amazing. So I was just like, hey man, let's just get on the show and connect and and, and, and vibe. But it seems like we have a past. <laughs> no, no, and I, I, I know you didn't. You, it's hard to know. I have a past with people I don't even remember. Like this, I think that's one of the things I love about the basketball world is yeah. it's kind of a small fraternity from from just rec ball all the way up to overseas and NBA um, it you know it's it's you know there, there's there's love and hate there's competition of course which you love but at the end of the day we're all brothers all, all sisters even you know like you know yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan I saw what you said earlier I think when you were talking to your brother about female basketball with mm-hmm. uh, uh, I want to say Harold uh, Harrington I think or um, well, Harvey Harrington Harvey Harrington yeah, yeah. so uh, love that but you know um, it's about um, you know, we got a real problem in the United States with basketball, man. We got we got to have more opportunities. So that's really what it's all about. But we just got to kind of kind of collaborate a little bit, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. I agree. But, I, agree. Uh, I think that um, with the United States, with us, the younger generation not getting better, you know. Yeah. I feel like the Europeans and, well, basically all the international players done caught up to us. Yeah. As far as our younger guys right now. You know, That's actually why uh, in this year, and it's, I tell I told somebody earlier today, I took the scenic route on this. Like the yeah. flight has been around. We're going on our 11th season. Oh, but wow. last year we started the Florida Flight Basketball Academy for the kids. And, mm. and that, it's exactly why, Daniel, you have – Players that have played at a high level and some that haven't played at a high level, teaching kids with volunteer dads, and there's nothing wrong with volunteer dads. I'm not I'm not throwing any shade at them. But yeah. at the end of the day, you've got to teach the game the right way. And I just saw an opportunity with uh, we we have our, our older players, our players for the flight, helping out to coach and whatnot. And yeah. so these kids are getting real pros that have played at a high level. Some have played in other countries that are getting taught the game the right way. And, and, you know, quite frankly, that's easier to, um, you know, it's easier to generate more revenue from the parents because parents will pay for that, yeah. you know, 
And so it's just an additional revenue stream, but it's not about the revenue for me. You know, it's like I said with my team, no several stuff. Um, it's just about investing and doing stuff you're passionate about and letting the, the money and the finances work itself out. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it all works itself out. So, yeah, yeah, it, it, it does. It does. I just want I just want us to, you know, grow, you know, as a country, as far as basketball, you know, get better because like. You know, like I just see us doing a lot of like nonsense, to be honest. You know what I mean? I see a lot of trainers. Like I always say, I always say this, and I say it every time when people talk about training. I, I say it all the time that we work on our brands more than helping these kids get to, uh, you know, further their career. You know what I'm saying? And I always say yeah. that being a trainer or being being a leader is that is, is basically, um, you know, you got to be more selfless. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know what frustrates me, and and I don't. Um, I was frustrated is too strong of a word, but you know, you, you just see the craziest videos right now of people doing things in this unorthodox training. Like for instance, and I'm no shade at the people that do two basketball dribbling, right? Yeah. There's a benefit there a little bit. That's about the borderline, right? But when are you going to dribble two basketballs in a game? Uh, never. Never. So, so it enhances your hand speed and all that. But I'm like, how about you learn how to dribble one basketball fast or a bigger basketball fast? Like, I, I don't, yeah. again, the two basketball thing is different. But you'll see people throwing wheels around. And, and I'm like, what, what? just go to the gym and lift and do some push-ups. Like, what, yeah. are, what are we doing? Like, uh, I always thought that the game of basketball is simple. It's basically, you know, sweat equity. You know what I'm saying? You just go in there, you work on you work on what you got to work on real fast, you know. Um, you get you get good, efficient workout in, and um, you go home. Right. You come back, you do it again. Do the same drills every day, you know what I'm saying? Because you can't – I say this, when, you know, you – People that try to master everything, those are the average players. You know, the elite players are the ones that just master, you know, one one thing. Well, th there's a difference. So this is where, like, so I didn't just decide to just throw a Florida play basketball academy together. I had very, uh, very intelligent means and, and, and protocol and why we built it. For one, yeah. we use a 3M approach, mind, mobility, mechanics. Mm. Uh, if you can't get mind right, we can't talk about mobility mechanics. Yes. So you got to understand the game you're playing first and foremost, and then we can go into the uh, mobility. You got to be able to go up the court. And you got to be able to impede mobility. It's both both ways, you know. Okay. And then we can talk about mechanics. And and a lot of times they fuse themselves in, right? But yep. but you know, but what you said is key, right? Here's the other thing I tell almost every practice: repetition is the universal law of learning. And the other thing is, you want to get better at basketball. Yeah. Play ba play basketball. Play basketball. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You but know, let me ask you a question about this because I was talking to um one of my friends. He's a trainer, and but he has his guys do a lot of five on five for like two, three hours. And I'm like, hey man, like I also feel like when you do that, like your team, your players is not getting better. You're just wasting time. Yeah, you're getting probably more cardio, <laughs> but you're not. You know, if there's no skill development in there. You just you just wasted time. You just wasted gym time. You wasted your money in written courts and stuff like that. I just feel like you're just wasting everybody's time. Like, what's your thoughts on that? I know uh, I'm probably a little bit more forward. No, <laughs> you know? I love it. Let's get let's hammer this down, Daniel. Yes, I'm all sir, about, yes, I love this. So so I'll tell you. So here's a basic program for for Florida flight practice. We have a, a little bit. Actually, we don't do much in the way of warm ups. We do a couple of key things. The same thing every practice, right? Yeah. Um, and it's and it's stuff that initially the guys get annoyed with. The three man weave, the two man pass through. And I tell them, I was like, I'll stop them in the middle of that and like, look, you're not passing the ball properly to the right spot. But we'll spend a little bit of time on that. We'll have some 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 basic core drills that we'll work on some 
mechanic stuff, yeah. right? And then we'll have we probably maybe have forty minutes of scrimmage time for practice, give or take. But yeah. you're right. Like, what's the difference between that? Like, in even our scrimmage time, they they get annoyed because I'll stop them in the middle of a scrimmage yeah. because I have to teach something. Like mm -hmm. I, I have to stop and say, you know, so and so, why did you go under the screen when you're supposed to go over? Well, I yeah. didn't know. Well, you go over because you're going to be behind the basket. What can you do here? Like you have to teach those types of things. But play, it's like Bobby Knight said, right? Going to a gym and shoot around is the biggest waste of a player's time because yes, it's, exactly. not game speed. it's not it's game exactly. speed. I don't exactly. care if you can shoot the ball. You're good. You're going to be good at horse. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Right. What are you no, going to put, you know, whatever. So no, I mean, but you know, on a pro level and minor league level in the United States, you also have people coaching teams that don't understand the game of basketball. I may have not played a lot of pro basketball in my life. I got paid to play basketball for a few months. Yeah. You know, I, so I don't care what anybody says. I, that's pro stuff. You that's get pro stuff. Hey, listen, 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 if you paid a tax return, from it, yeah. you, you got it. That was a job. That's a yeah. pro, right? You know what I'm saying? You're a pro. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, but you have in minor leagues, so you got all these crazy leagues out there, and they just throwing stuff at you. The last thing they worried about is getting a good, knowledgeable coach because they can't pay them because yeah, they don't exactly. have any money, right? But yeah. you have coaches coaching the game, and they think that practice is five on five for two hours. That's yeah. not practice. Not you're not developing nobody. You're you're not helping anybody. You gotta be about. You gotta have a practice schedule. I say this with tryouts. I'm I'm going in right. Yeah, go go go. Please. With tryouts, right? That's the first thing people want to do. They start a pro team. Like, oh, I'm gonna get this tryout, make this money. No, you know how many tryouts the Florida Flight had this year? Zero. <laughs> Zero. You know why? Because I need to be a better recruiter. Yeah. If you're a pro coach, you gotta get your recruiting skills up. Exactly. You think the NBA is doing tryouts for no, they have scouts, they recruit, there's evaluation and analytics. Exactly. Oh, like, what are you doing? Like, you're not stop it. You know, even if you don't pay your guys a lot of money, which we don't, we have a couple of guys we pay pretty good money, and then we have guys that we don't pay. No, we don't pay at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, you're that's, not nobody knows who you are. Here's the economics. Why am I giving you 500 a game when I got 150 people in the stands? Exactly. Do the math. 150 times $12. Let's just do $10 because we do $12 tickets because we don't just play basketball. We have a mascot and a dance team and all yeah. that. Yeah. That's $1,500 a game, right? So if I have 10 home games, that's $15,000. If I'm paying 12 guys, let's just say 10 guys, 500 a game. That money's gone in, in three games. Three games. Wow. Do the math. Do the economics. Yeah, you can't yeah. do it. Exactly. Anyway, I – yeah, you got to know your stuff. You got to know what you're doing. You got to have a business. Greg Kite, our commissioner, who we've got that benefit. Greg Kite, two-time champion with the Celtics, right? Yeah. He's our, the FBA commissioner, and he says this all the time. You need a basketball-minded person and a business-minded person, both, in your team to properly succeed. Because they're two different things. And look at the NBA. They have basketball ops and yep. they have business ops. Yes. Two different worlds. Exactly. Yeah, the owner, yeah, the general manager, player personnel, player development, coaches. On yep. the other side, you got director of marketing, sponsorship, community outreach. It's just, yeah. you, you've got to have both. Except for the Knicks. You know, the yeah, owner well. everything. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking at the comments right now, and um, my boy Jason McLeish, man, he said that we're yeah, 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 what up, Jay? Yeah. Uh, 
we got to get you that team dream chasers, brother. We got to get yeah. you down. Let's, team. Hey, let's 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 talk about Jay. How, how good this dude was, man. And listen, like, uh, listen, I got to the, the East Kentucky Miners and the CBA, and you know about yes. the CBA. That was before the CBA kind of ceased to exist. That that used to be the league. Yep. So, so that's another reason, like people say, oh, you you barely play. I don't care. I play. I I was given. Jay High, Mike Dean, Josh Pace from you know play with the Mello and and, and uh, Hakeem like it's much work as I could. I I don't care. So, but man, Jay High, um, he was one him. Actually, I love all my my miners teammates. They were all good. But Jay High, me, him, me, Mike Dean. We used to get in the gym. We we used to get it in, man. And uh, yeah. but but Jay High, man, like. He's just so silky smooth and just had a had an intelligence for the game. And, um, and you know, let me say this. Before all that, one of the best dudes I've ever met. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, is definitely he had dude. one piece of rice left. If I needed it, I, I swear Jay would give it to you. Yeah. And he would hope to get it back because, you know, you got to take it. And I've always, man, yeah, I love Jay, man. <laughs> hey, hey, man, we got to get you to Florida, brother. Come on now. Come on, come on, daddy. I know he still be playing. I know he still got it. You know, he yeah. um, he do yeah. his thing with, with his training and stuff, man. You know, I I have a long history with Jay High, you know. Like yeah, I didn't know that. Playing high school AAU in New York and um, you know, also in um playing Rucker, you know. We won oh, a lot yeah. of we won a lot of games together in Rucker Park, you know. We, uh, were like, we were like one of the only teams that was contending with no NBA stars. So, like uh, yeah. you know, it, it was fun. We was undersized. We was scrappy, but we was winning. It was always a pleasure playing with him because that was TMP. somebody I could rely on. We on TMP is that's the team, right? TMP. Uh, yeah, he played with TMP. He, he played with. T I never played with TMP before. Okay. But, you know, I, we played with um uh, different teams in Rucker Park or whatever. But um, oh. you know, it was always somebody I can trust. You know, yeah. what I mean? like he he is the one. Like a lot of guards always try to not. You know, use the screen, go the other way. But he's the one that if I'm coming out there to set the screen, like he always come out there and um and uses me. You know, <laughs> I, I, I watched some footage on you. I I would love to. You know, you set me a screen, man. I'm getting you the rock. There's no way I'm not getting you the rock. Come on, man. Like, are you kidding me? But you know, that's the, I'll tell you a true story. This kind of goes back to the basketball quality. I was at uh, the Amway Center watching University of Florida and a bunch of other people. They were having the the uh, SEC uh, tournament there at Amway. And so yeah. we got we went down there to watch. And I, this guy, I, I can't remember the coach's name. I think he won coach of the year that year, right? So okay. I'm watching them warm up and doing their drills. Every single – they were doing a shell drill, but every single player set the screen. None of them pivoted and opened up to the ball. Only, only three of ten. Yeah. Pivot and open up to the ball, and I'm like, "How's this guy winning Coach of the Year? He's not even teaching the basic fundamental of basketball." You're right, man. Like, like when um when I evaluate players and stuff, and I see that when they don't open up, I'll be like, "I just it's look crazy. at like, what are you doing? Look at the coach. It's coaching. It's not even. Yeah. Really, it's not really the players. It's really coaching because this, this this player came up, you know, all up his life not opening up to pick and rolls. You you got to open up. Basically, when the man hits your shoulder, you go that way. Right. <laughs> and then if you got the ball, you got to hit the underbody. You got to hit the leg. Yeah. You know, like, that's the thing. Like I'm teaching my kids all these things. They're going in about five years. They're going to kick everybody's butt. Everybody, because yeah. they're not teaching that stuff. It's crazy to me. But uh, you know, you know, this is America. It's about the athlete who gets up and down fastest. And yeah. you know, it's it, that's that's what we thought would, would make it. You know, I'll tell you, when I was in China, I had some great conversations with people out there like yeah. leaders and, and peak chairman on the basketball committees and whatever. Yeah. Uh, they had a lot of things to say about uh, American minor league basketball. They're not they're not too thrilled. 
they're not too thrilled. And, and they don't really, you know, outside of the NBA and the G League and the NCAA D1, they struggle. Like, they still got to catch up because there's a lot of great NAI Division One talent, a lot of D2s and 3s. Like, I think that's the reason why the FBA exists. We have to have more more opportunities for players that are talented to be able yeah. to play basketball. Yeah, I mean, so let's, I go, let's, go into the, let's go into the FBA because I just thought the FBA was like your organization or something like that. I didn't know that it was like an actual professional basketball league in the state of Florida. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah like no, how many so teams you got? How, how, like, tell me about it. Last year we had eight teams. We went down to five this year. Um, yeah. and, you know, so a couple of things. So one of the things that I've realized early on, and this was just me playing in the minors. I was always a sponge uh, trying to earn, understand the business side as well as everything. But if you look at minor league basketball outside of the NBA and the G League, mm -hmm. you got it's the definition of insanity, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's doing the same things same over thing. and over, expecting different results. And what is it? They're trying to do the mass regional stuff, the United States leagues, all this like traveling all over the place. And it doesn't make exactly. any sense because they don't have any fans, right? So what we, what we did, we played in the WBA in 2010 with the Florida Flyers. Okay. And then we played in a league that was Dennis Truex, who was running the CBA, helped with okay. two other guys with the Continental Basketball League in 2011. Mm -hmm. So since Dennis was there, I was like, all right, the WBA didn't work out. Let me go with the CBL. And we did both yeah. of those leagues, and it was just atrocious. We had people not show up to games. We had, mm -hmm. we had one game, a team that didn't get their, didn't have jerseys. We're the home team. We're white. They brought white jerseys, yeah. mix match with all kinds of like, we had somebody was wearing a Buccaneers jersey and all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, and I'm, I've got a game, right? And I'm trying to, like, the fans don't know who's who, you know? So like yeah. we did that for two years. And after that second year, uh, Greg Kite and I got together and then a couple of other team owners. And we said, um, I basically said, look. I'm not sure we need to do what everybody else is doing. What if we created a Florida specific league, a state league where we yeah. minimize our travel? Nobody's really doing overnight stays unless they want to. It's um, shuttle vans and, and passenger vans and maybe even drives, you know, because you're yeah. an hour or so away. And then we said we had four teams. We had the Florida flight, the Heartland Prowl, uh, the Palm Beach Titans at the time. I think, or the Knights, Titans, okay. I can't remember. They changed to the Knights because they switched ownership. And then we had, um, what was the other team? Uh, man, I'm forgetting somebody. Uh, man, I can't remember. Uh, anyway, so we have four, oh, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Rebels. Okay. And so, so we put a four-team, everybody's like, you're crazy. You can't do a four-team professional league. And I was like, well, yes, we can. And I've done that most of my life, right? Like everybody tells me what I can do. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think you're the best uh, yeah, exactly. advice giver. So we did it. We created it. We went a couple of years, and we had, we had four teams. We played two home, two away, 12-game wow. season. And we had champions, we had stats, we recorded every game, and we had players moving on to play in other countries. And it took us a minute, but we started getting that credential. Because like now people knew if you're playing, if you're getting a player from the FBA, they're coming from good programs, they have yeah. stats, they have video, they have leadership of people that are really teaching the game. And not only teaching the game, and this is the other part overseas, teaching people how to be professionals. They don't want all those headaches over there. So yeah, exactly. How to act that. properly as a basketball yeah. player, and and then so then people started to know exactly what you're getting out of. We've had yeah. over a hundred. I've lost count. I think the two years ago we had over a hundred players that have gone on for the FBA, and and I don't want to take too much credit. Some of them, like we didn't place people over there. We placed yeah. some people over there, and people yeah. asked about us. But you know what? 
all of them use our FBA film. So these guys were dormant. They weren't doing it. If you're not playing anywhere, you can't get a job overseas. No, if you hear an activity, they're not trying to hear all that. They ain't trying to hear that at all. You're right. So, right. so we did that, and, and then we just grew from there. So, how, how fun is minor league basketball, though, man? <laughs> like the story that you just told about it. Like, <laughs> I, what about my? Oh my god, I played. I mean, I start from the beginning of my just my minor league, not even overseas. Yeah, where like, did you play? Yeah, I know you played in the PBL. I played in the PBL, but I'll start first with the. I, I played in the ABA with the Kentucky Colonels. Tree Rollins. Was my so you, coach. That's my man's in them. I know Tree. Do you know do you know um Kevin Keefley then? Because he yep, was a part of the Colonels. Yep, yep, he was yep. my coach with the East Kentucky Miners. Wow, that's crazy. It's a small <laughs> world, man. It's a small world. And you then, guys had a good team though. Yeah, we, we had a pretty good team. Um but we had a bunch of Indianapolis guys, and okay. I, I wanted to come off the bench because I know that if I come off the bench, I could get the ball whenever I wanted. I ain't care. <laughs> right, I was, right. I score. I, I was averaging like twenty nine points off the bench every game. I would just come in, score, score ten straight in a row, come out, yeah. do it again, and and right. I just have fun. Um, but it was some good teams in there. Like they had this team called the Pittsburgh. Um, I forgot the name of the Pittsburgh. I forgot the name of it. They was from Pittsburgh. They had Armand Gilliam. Rest, um, rest in peace. They had Armand Gilliam on on the team. Hey, did Armand pass away? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he passed away years ago. Years ago, oh, he passed away wow. in the ABA. Why he's playing in the ABA? You oh know? wow, I didn't even know that. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. That was um, one of my best battles ever because, like, that's Armand Gilliam, and I loved him on the yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so playing against him, and I scored 27 points against him, and I was happy. Yeah. I was like, yeah, uh, yeah, hold that, <laughs> take that out, Armand. Got you. Yeah. <laughs> that's I was nice. the whole list. That was like, wow. you know, the whole list game right here, man. And then. Nice. um after that, I played with the team called the um, the Long Island Long Island Sound or something like that. There was I played like a couple of games. You know how it is in ABA. You just play a couple of games here and there. Then I yeah. played um, I played in Atlanta. I played in Gallup, New Mexico for the team called oh, the Gallup wow. Islands and stuff. But there was a, a top. We went we went to all the way to like Elite Eight with them. So it was really good though. They had a guy. I forgot this guard's name, but this dude was he had like thirty nine assists one game. <laughs> But he was like a he was like a ball hog that just wanted to get assists. It was weird. It didn't it didn't seem it wasn't natural. It wasn't what? natural. He just wanted to yeah, like he he will wait until you like like you could be open for a shot or whatever where you got a head fake or something to make your move or whatever, but he will wait just so like you know he can get his assists. It was weird. If you miss That's a shot, you get mad and stuff like that. Gallup, you know? Mexico. I feel like yeah. I remember those guys too. Um I think they hit me up at some point. Yeah. All, all the owners are from New York too. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah all the owners you know, from Gallup was from New York. A lot of um, you know, e- even with like with the NBA, like I, I don't want to throw shade on all these leagues, but you know, a lot of them mean well. But you know, and, and especially the ABA could have been so good, but mm-hmm. they just let so much garbage in, and that's the difference between us. Like we try to, like we do a, a complete, um, we do a research on everybody. We sometimes we ask for tax returns. Yeah. You know, before we just give you a team, and yeah. uh, and people are like, ah, oh, and they're like, oh, I don't know, I don't want to do that. I'm like, well, welcome to corporate America. This is no different than any. You're gonna be a shareholder of a business. You gotta prove your worth. Like, what you think yeah. they do with the president? Like, you got, we gotta know what you're doing. But exactly. you know, all those leagues, they're trying, man. But man, it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It, you know. But that's funny, man. You played with Tree, man. I, Tree and I go right. That's my dude, man. We we've uh. We've had um, he's he's had an interesting road too. A lot of different leagues, a lot of different opportunities. Try, 
trying to coach. But yeah, that's why I love Orlando. We got all kinds of people here, man. From <laughs> Leslie, I think is here. Tree, oh, wow. uh, Derek, uh, 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 we had um, Nick Anderson's son, Josh. You probably know Josh. Uh, Josh uh, Anderson, he played for us, but Bo Outlaw, Pat, uh, uh, Pat Burke, um, wow. Jerry Reynolds with the Magic, played with the Magic and the Bucks. Yeah. Um, Kenny Anderson, I know you know Kenny. I love yeah, Kenny. Man. We had Kenny come to our holiday game, and yeah. I was I was a kid in the candy store, bro. I, I got to play with one of the guys I was looking up to. I was like, <laughs> first, day, first play he did, he dropped me off a three-pointer in my grill. I was like, ah. You can't do nothing about that. That's, that's Mr. Chibs oh, right there. Man. That's the legend. Chibs, Chibs. You see his documentary? No, nah, I didn't see it yet. Right. Uh, I'm going to check it out, though. You got to check, check it out. Uh, by the way, I saw uh, A Quiet Storm two days ago. Your brother. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad that you said that. Meta. Man, that was good. That was good. Yeah. Sorry, I, we could talk all day. Just go all over the place, man. No, no, no. We good. No, no. That, that's that, yeah. that's lies, man. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. It's, never, it's never structured on my show, man. We just have good time. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man. So yeah, I'm just I'm just glad that you you came on and stuff because you know it's, it's good to talk basketball. You know what I mean? Talk about life and stuff. You know what I'm saying? You know I want to touch on that when you know I forgot. Like I said, I forgot the gentleman you was talking to, but y'all was talking about you know depression and, and stuff, and um you know the mental right. health thing, and um like it really just it really just touched me. So I, I could I left that comment I left, and um you know that's why we're here today. So like um right. like what did that conversation started at though? Um, so, so Tim Tim Frey, you're talking about Tim Frey. Yeah, Tim, yeah. is, uh, he started with us, and, and this kind of goes into Team No Shovels, right? Team No Shovels is basically it's based off Matthew 25. Um, if you have a talent or a passion, you, you shouldn't bury it. So don't carry no shovels with you. It doesn't mean you're going to be a millionaire off it. You just want to use your talent and your passion, right? So Tim yeah. came to me as a mascot. He wanted to be Turby, which is short for turbulence, right? So our mascot, his name is Turby. And then our dance team is called the Flight Attendants. So it's pretty dope. Wow. I, I like love it. It's pretty creative. I like but that. he came to me as uh, wanting to be Turby. And so out of that, he kind of just grew. He, he just he just proved his worth, and, and I just keep him around. Now he's a director of uh, Game Day Entertainment. But mm. uh, but but Tim has has had an interesting life. Um, you know, he struggled with depression and suicide and everything, and um, you know was is uh was born with I think either born or had childhood cancer, and wow. got through that. So he's gotten through a lot of stuff. And so um, I've gotten to know a lot of stuff. We're trying to figure out a way for him to have a platform to share more of that. But yeah. uh, but for me, my father had bipolar disorder. Uh, mm. So I grew up with like, you know, and you, you know some of that because I know you guys, you, you and Ron, it, is it Meta or Ron? How does he, I don't want to. It's, cool, it's, cool, it's cool, whatever name you want to call him. Okay. Man. Ron, well, well, I know with, with Ron, um, you know, dealing with, I love the work that he's doing. But for me, like growing up with a dad, like with bipolar disorder, um, yeah. you know, my dad would go into hospitals here and there and get his, he's chemically imbalanced and had to get his medicine adjusted. He'd been in psych wars like a couple of times. I remember one time, I think it was like 11 or 12, I yeah. came to my dad's room and he was, he was sprawled out in his underwear, man, after taking an overdose of the lithium. Wow. And at 11 years old, and my sister was older, but she kind of just, she just wasn't all together. So I had to figure this out, man. I was like, mm -hmm. we didn't, we, we grew up poor, man. I'm, I grew up in the suburb of Detroit, Inkster, Michigan. And okay. so we didn't have no money. Um, we didn't have a phone. So I had to, I was like, go next door and call 911. And so I'm directing traffic. I'm trying to wake my dad up. I'm getting water. And, you know, and then it's my dad, right? So I'm like, yeah. Man. So we get my dad awoke. 
the, the paramedics come. The whole neighborhood's outside. You know the hood, right? The whole neighborhood's outside, and they're watching. And, and you know, I'm like, cover my dad up. He's in his under. You know, I'm like, man, give my dad some decency. And we get in the ambulance. We head over to the hospital. And he wakes up, and and he's uh, you know, and I don't I don't typically cuss, but I'm just gonna just like he wakes up. He's like, Mark, what the fuck did you do here, Mark? I told you, you know. And I'm like, and so my dad's speaking crazy to me, but it's my dad, right? So I want him yeah. to I need him, you know, so yeah, exactly. like, he goes to the hospital to get him right. They send him to the psych ward for the, you know, the dependent days, of, you know, because you have to. Um, but man, you know, I mean, and that's just one of many stories. So like so mental health is an issue. Like it's yeah, a, it is. and there's there's all kinds of taboo with it. And people aren't comfortable because it's a branding. If you say you have mental health issues they think you're crazy and you're not respected crazy. you automatically lose your value in society so uh so so shout out to to ron and and, and kevin love and just uh uh what's i was gonna go to uh what's his name played for the heat um he did a seminar recently about it and i was gonna come to that i can't remember his name but another nba guy um yeah. but yeah big issue man big issues yeah, you gotta have some safety I have my, um, you know, my issues with, you know, the mental health stuff. And, um, you know, I almost committed suicide in, uh, like, 2018. Oh, Literally goodness. went to the George Washington Bridge and was about to make this leap. You know what I'm saying? So wow. I came back from it. You know, it's just, it's just something that, that was tough to deal with. You know what I'm saying? And, um, like, like to actually willing to, to go there and, and end myself was, was something I was really, you know, willing to do. And then, um... When I got there, I realized I wasn't going to do it because, you know, the um the bridge was too high. And I'm glad that yeah. I, I really want to do this. Do I really want to be selfish and do this or do I want to fight it? And I just decided to fight it. So every day I have good days. I have, ba I have bad days. I have a lot more bad days than good days. But I guess each day is a day. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, as long as as long as I know that, you know, what I mean? I'm always going to be fine. You know, like yeah. I'm always going to be fine. So, like, I, I even have bad moments. Like earlier today, I was dealing with it earlier today. It was just, it's just nothing. It's yeah. nothing. Weather is, is nothing. It's just that's just what it is. I, I have even I have moments. A lot. It's funny because I, I walk yeah. around like corporate America, Mark. I'm all prettied up now, right? I I go. I work for a law firm. With I got this got the sports agency. Everything. I keep it nice and clean, and everybody. It's funny because people think I got millions of dollars. They look at the flight website and the FBA. They're like, oh wow. Yeah. Can I get a thousand dollars a game? And I'm like, no. <laughs> but you know, even I go through stuff, and I have challenges, and, and a lot of people don't know. And and I, quite frankly, I never even said this publicly. Um, I, I have crazy thoughts, man. Like I, but you know what? And, and anybody watching, you're no different than all of us. Exactly. It's just nobody. We need to find a safe space to where we can actually say you are not like anybody else. You might have levels of it, but everybody, we're all going. We're all in this together. We're all trying to figure ourselves out together. That's why I love the team no shovels uh, movement, right? You said something great. Uh, I watched a lot of your shows, and you said you were talking about something about giving the flowers, right? And, I, and a oh, lot of people say that. Yeah, of course. You want to give the flowers now before people, you know, you don't give the flowers when people are dead. Like, how many people did that with Tupac and Biggie, right? Or, uh, yeah, exactly. or even, even Armand Gilliam probably, you know, like, like give the flowers now because people need to know they have value. But, you know, a, exactly. lot of people, a lot of people, the reason 
one of many reasons. And there's some, some, some medical stuff as well. I don't discount. I don't advocate for or against. I'm not a mental health professional. So this is yeah. not any advice, you know. But, you know, whether you need medicine or not, that's, that's a whole other subject. But at the end of the day, a lot of mental health stuff comes from people trying to live up to a persona or an expectation of what other people think you should be. Yes. Instead of being who you are, your passions, your talent, and letting that guide you instead of trying to keep up with the Joneses or saying, oh, I should do this. I should be this. You want to be who you are and then be comfortable with that space. Because if you're not, um, you're starting to, you're trying to be somebody you're not. And that's how you, you fall into those health issues, mental health issues. You don't even know. You're not, you're not trying to be who you are. Exactly. So, Man, you're hitting, it dead. you're hitting it right on the head right now tonight, sir. <laughs> well, I got a, somebody asked a question. They asked, um, "How can they get into the league with, um, you know, into the FBA?" Oh, okay. Well, so the two different—that's that's a loaded question. As a player, and here, well, let me talk about the the ownership part, right? We get a lot of players, right, that want to own their own FBA team, and mm -hmm. uh, because they want to play for the team they own, and I—we've not really relegated that, but. There's a simple reality in economics to it. You shouldn't really, if you're really trying to create a team with longevity, it's very difficult. Like outside of Bill Russell, right, who was a coach and player, it's really yeah. hard to own your own team and play for your own team because you yeah. can't dedicate the resources to it. But in terms of a player, one of the things, and I, I'll drop some exclusive stuff right here. And I don't know if somebody watching might steal our ideas and all that. And that's fine. Flattery is the best form of, a, or, or imitation is the best form of flattery. But I've been talking to our team owners about doing away with tryouts altogether. What we want to do is create a couple of different men's leagues, only not just leagues where you're playing. We want to record the games properly. We want yeah. to have, have music, have an entertainment fee. We want to charge people to come watch, you know, and yeah. do entertainment stuff. Because one on the one end, we can train potential owners to run teams that way. The players yeah. – see, see, what I believe is as a player – I know there's scouting and metrics and all kinds of stuff where you can evaluate a player when you see him for an hour or two. But mm -hmm. I don't I don't believe you can properly assess a player in one day in a tryout. You got to look at them. People have highs. We're just talking about mental health, right? What if yeah. somebody's having a mental health day, right? And they don't play well. And then you you end up finding, oh, wow, they might go 0 for 20 one game. And next thing you know, Kester Groove and go, go 10 for 15 the next three day, three games. I mean, that exactly. stuff happens. I remember, look at John Starks. He had that one god-awful playoff game where he was like three for like 20-something. And yeah. they just kept shooting. It was, I was like, what are you doing? But what I understand doing? it now. You, you just, you're a shooter, you shoot. Don't try to become a passer all of a sudden. You're not even good at passing. You know, but for yeah, players exactly. to get in the FBA, what we're trying to do is do uh, – I'm, I'm not going to give too much of the info away, but we want to have uh, – two men's leagues that operate in the off season. And okay. then this year we did something called FBA winter league, which yeah. is like NBA summer league. Okay. Our off season is winter because we play typically March through July, August. So okay. we did a league in January, February where the, every FBA team had a team in the league. And then um, we, uh, the prospective players mixed with the guys that didn't play a lot last season that we're bringing back. They yeah. got to lead those teams, so they got more minutes. And then we got the teams that had players that they were looking at for the season to play. And then um, at the end of the winter league, we, we were supposed to have been going into um, training camp. But um, obviously COVID-19 changed all that. So... <laughs> 
But uh, I guess the long story short is um, look at the FBA websites. Don't email or message the FBA. We don't place players. You got to go to our teams. Hey, What's that website? Yeah, uh, the FBA.com is the FBA's website. But wow. on our website, you'll see all the teams. So go to the teams. Their social media page is probably the best place to start. And let me let me give everybody this is extra extra freebies, right? If your social media is jacked up, go clean it up first. Yeah. Like, go to no teams talking about how good you are, and then we're going to see a, a picture of you or a video of you at the club last week. You know, hanging with all the all the girls or whatever, and and. and Dropping shots of Patron or whatever. Like, don't do that. That's like, only for certain elite level type players. Everybody can't do it, to be honest. You know I didn't even do that. I man. did I did it in Germany once. I went out just for nice little drinks and stuff. And they like had a news people follow me the whole time in the newspaper and stuff. I, wow. was, I was passed out drunk on a bench and stuff outside. I was like, uh-uh, never again. I got in trouble. Crazy. They find me. I man, was, when we man. were in China. They, they just knew wherever we were, man. Like, we had a couple of guys wilding and just going, and they were just like, no, no, where were you guys? Why did you guys go out? It was like, what? I was just like, okay, all right, I'll talk to the guys. And I had to go back to the team. We had a team meeting. It was like, hey, guys, you, you guys ain't in America right now. We got to be careful. You know, you got to, you know, you know, uh, yeah, that was, that, that was crazy, man. The China, China. Well, I, I went to China on a tour with Tracy McGrady. It wasn't like that was different. Now that was just totally different because of, you know, Tracy. How long McGrady. were you guys over there? Six weeks. Like, yeah. Six. Wow. So yeah. we did, a, we did, we went to China twice last season. Uh, mm. In the summer, we did a three week tour and then we did the jump 10 world hoops challenge. And oh, like, okay. Man, we we lost to Mexico in the in the quarterfinals for a hundred grand. How I'm playing Mexico and you got Americans on your team? What is that? Like, get some Mexican. I'm like, this is the world hoops challenge. Yeah. It'd be like that, man. Like, yeah, I, I know. those be those Los Angeles players. I know a couple of them that be doing that and stuff. Well, you know, we, we got my man, Eric, my coach, Eric, I met him. So I'm no shade at all to Eric. You do what you do. That's just how it is. But it's just, um, you it's know, not- I got, I got to meet a bunch of people and, uh, you know, there was, there was Americans on different teams or whatever. It was fun, but yeah. our three week tour though, you're right. Like the tours are different. So if anybody, any of you players are watching, if you ever go on a tour to any country, you did one most important thing you got to understand you're over there with a team of Americans, probably. That's not a good replication of overseas basketball. If you go over there, there may be one or two other American and maybe one or two other imports. You're not going to be over there with a bunch of Americans. You're going to be in isolation. You're going to have language barriers. Mm-hmm. You're going to have uncomfortability. You're mm-hmm. not going to know. You're not going to. It's just not going to be the same as the tour. I, I, that was one of the first things I told my team. I was like, this is, this is good. We're enjoying China. But it's not if you get signed, and we got a couple of guys that got offers while we were over there. I was like, you're gonna probably be by yourself or with one other American. So yeah. you're gonna just be over there, focus on your craft, do basketball, enjoy taking the culture, and uh, build your brand, and and be on to the next country after yeah. that. That's the best advice you can give, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you said, you said like COVID stopped everything. Obviously, we know that, you man. Know, like- how how um are you in touch with the with your league guys and everything? Just trying to figure out a way, like when everything come back, like how y'all going to get you know restarted? Yeah, we have so we have a 
we have a WhatsApp group that we use for our ownership group, and we get on conferences, conference calls regularly. And, okay. and the good thing about right now is we are supposed to be in season, so we're kind of brainstorming a lot of different things. So we've, we've talked yeah. about the FBA. The first thing, like the thing with us is, you know, we're not the NBA, so we're not having 18,000 people at our games. It might be a, yeah. a couple hundred people max, right? So we could have done games and done the social distancing like i had a plan all set like we were like all right we have we skip every other row so you yeah, can okay and you could be so you can be you know honoring the social distancing rules and whatnot the, the challenge with that though is with players there's there's no way you can play basketball in social distance you got to bang yeah. you got to be down in the post yeah. you got to guard you so there's no and then you got all the the sweat and everything so one of the things that i said from the jump as i said guys with the NBA doing what they did, we got to follow suit here. We look real stupid trying to even try. So, yeah. and we all agreed. And so we shut it down. But like w one of the things that we're talking about now, typically we play March through July, August. And yeah. the reason is because in August, September is when players start getting recruited to play overseas for the traditional season. So that's yeah. why we fit that niche. But now one of the things that we've been talking about is that, that's not going to happen. I, we don't even know if the overseas seasons are going to start. and They're not going to be recruiting in, in July, August, September now because they may not even be able to play yet. So exactly. one of the things I told our guys is like, look, our guys need a place to play. Two mm -hmm. things. One, we could typically start playing in July this year and just do July, August, September, or me yeah. even August, September, October get a season done, maybe do two games a weekend to try to speed it up. But we were talking about doing an FBA tournament in each FBA city and doing short games instead of long 48-minute games. Yeah. The problem is, and this is where I'm different than all these other league owners, that's not our mission. That's not what the FBA is about. Our, our value and what we offer the players is mm -hmm. a real development platform where they play 48 minutes, they get stats, they have exposure, and that's what we give them. If we do the short tournaments, yeah, that's good for the FBA and the brand. That doesn't yeah. help the players. We got to be about our players. Exactly. We got to give them a forty-eight minute game to where they can get stats and and send that abroad so that they can go on and and vie for those jobs. Because if you don't play in games, you can't get 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 jobs. Because yeah, exactly. most of our guys have not played in NCAA D ones. We have some NCAA D ones in the league. We we. You know, shout out to Jamario Davis, and we had Jamario Davis play with the Florida Flight last year, which oh, was wow. super cool because he played for the uh, the Bobcats and the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, so this is an NBA guy, you know. Um, yeah. And then we had Brandon Moss and Grant Gullett who got to work out with the Knicks and the Lakers last year. So people don't know. Yeah. Like, we're not talking mm -hmm. about how we're hoping things. No, our guys got legitimate opportunities now. Yeah. People know who we are now. People respect what we do. That's because we film everything and do stats. Right. So Man, that's awesome. When, that's so awesome. In, in terms of what we want to do is we're, we're trying to wait and see, though. We're trying to see how it goes and we're being patient. And the thing, though, is we don't have to follow anybody's rules but our own. I don't need to let like, you can say whatever you want about us. I saw somebody put something out there saying, which league is better, the ABA or the FBA? It's like, I don't really care to me. 
I, I'm exactly. not worried about like I'm doing me. Like exactly. and, and everybody needs to follow that. Like I pay attention and I, I've been doing it so long I know everybody, right? Yeah. It's like funny because you and I know the same people. Yeah, right? Exactly. It's what it's like for me, but I don't I don't worry about what other people are doing so so much as I worry about what we're doing and doing it with excellence. And that is just really it. So you know <laughs> like like me, I don't I don't get into competition with anyone. I just I just do me. Well, I, you know, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I really want to, and we'll do this. So if you can do me the honor of coming on the Team No Shovels VCast at some point soon, I'd love to talk about your specific journey. Because as a host, right, you're doing your lives. You can't really, you shouldn't. Not only can't you, you shouldn't be talking about yourself. Yeah. You, shouldn't be, you should just be about, you know, your message and, and have a vision for your exactly. podcast. But I, exactly. you've got an interesting story, though, Daniel. Like I, like even some of the clips you, you shared recently, it's like, yeah. dude. You, you you know you remind me of a little bit not not to the full extent kind of like Escalade, right? Really big, mm. strong, but you can move. Yeah. And, and you know, I wasn't as big as Escalade when I was playing I know. Escalade. You know, he four three hits three fifty four hundred. Like when I was like I I said, played, yeah, <laughs> not that big, but in terms. But of yeah, a, you know, like like I I could do a little bit of I could do a little bit. I, I tried to diversify my game after my thirties because I was basically more of a back to basket player. But I played yeah. center at six three. You know what I'm saying? The only thing I, I, the reason why I was able to get away with it for so long, because I was so athletic. Now back in the day, you know, before I got hurt and everything, you know, what I mean, I was dunking it on everybody. You know what I'm oh, saying? Wow. Like the young me was like, was you know, what I mean, I, I dunked on a lot of people. You know, that was my wow. thing. So, but once I lost the athleticism, like I just started just working on facing up more, just using yeah. more IQ and stuff. You know what I'm saying? And um. And I was still able to stay effective. You know, it was funny when, when I used to go up against players. I'd be like, oh, how you getting, you know, when I played in the PBL, one game I came off the bench in the PBL. This was the first year when they had everybody in the PBL. I had 30 points and 16 rebounds and like 19 minutes off the bench. And it was like, wow. how? I was like, is this all in your mind? That's all it is. Like, y'all want to run around and fly. I'm going to get to my spot. You know what I'm saying? It's a tourist, the wow. tortoise versus the hare. That's how I look <laughs> at it nowadays. Now, I'm right? going to get where I'm going to get to where I want to go. Um, yeah. so I have a question for um for both of us actually. Uh John Christian Cunningham, he said, um, do you think analytics has helped or hurt the game of basketball? Mm. Good question. I think both. Um, I think to be honest with you, I think it's helped more than hurt. Um only one of the things I love about analytics is you can't fake this anymore. If you're gonna be a coach, you gotta know your stuff. Yeah. And there's a lot of fake coaches out there. And I don't, I'm not showing shade at anybody. You know who you are, you know, exactly. but analytics wise, you can really start to get proper valuations and seeing how to use guys and giving guys more opportunities with what they have. Now on the downside, I, you know, I, you know, and you'll appreciate this, Daniel, like, like there's nothing better than getting on the court and just like, I always tell people when I get on the court, it's an empty canvas every time. And I'm painting yes. and I'm painting my art. And Amen. like I, t I teach my players, I was like, I'm a, I was a point guard, right? So I'm drawing lines all over the place while I'm playing. And yeah. so I think for analytics st standpoint, I think players have gotten sucked into too much analytics and trying to pay too much time about the analytics and not about just being you and playing off your talent. And, and I love that. That's one of the things I loved about like street ball and, uh, and one and, and ball up, um, the freedom and the creativity, but you know, I think there's a place where there's creativity and structure, but when you focus so much on the analytics, you're not really being true to the game, in my opinion. You know, yeah. 
you know, let, that's for somebody else. When you start playing towards the analytics, you're not really being a player. You're just no. you're being a robot. You're so a that's robot. the downside. In my view, I don't know how you feel. Uh, I feel about it. I mean, I'm more of an eye test guy, to be honest, you know. But um, I guess the analytics is what's getting paid, players paid. You know what I'm saying? So I guess in a way you got to do it. I'm a, I'm I'm against it though. I'm really yeah. against it. I, I, I'm used to the eye test, like you know, because they the analytics don't judge hard. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Do yeah. you trust? Do you do like? Can I trust this guy in in tough moments? You know what I'm saying? Whether you know clutch situations, like he get this big rebound. No, he may not be shooting efficient, but he's tough. You know. Well, what I'm let's saying? let's talk about your brother, right? Analytics wouldn't have had Ron shooting at three in the against the Lakers versus Celtics that one game. No. All the analytics say don't shoot that shot, don't but he shot it. This man's yeah, exactly. tough. That's exactly. he's ice cold. Like that's exactly. a danger shot. You're right. Exactly. You know, people don't take talent. They don't look at talent, or uh, they don't look at heart and, and determination and hard work as a talent when it really is it's probably the best talent. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, exactly man. Yeah, I want to thank you for coming on today, man. You know, I mean, I really appreciate you. We got to do this on your show. So, um. Tell us more about about the um, no shovels um, V cast. Okay, so I'm I got a couple of shows coming out. Um, yeah. You know, we we used to have the catching up with Coach King show, which was Florida flight centric. Um, I want to do an FBA show where we get the FBA owners and coaches and players on, but I wanted to do a team no shovels. Uh, show because I, I'm a diversified person, right? Like yeah. I can, I, you know, if Jay High said, like I can rap, sing, dance, all <laughs> that stuff. Like, uh, and and even though I don't make, that's not my money makers. There's still talent, so I wanted to have a diversified show, kind of like a little bit like what you do. If, like, it's going to be a lot of basketball, of course, but I, yeah. I want to touch on everything. I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about social injustice. I want to talk about systematic racism. You know, I want to yeah. talk about minority issues. I want to talk about business development. I want to talk about getting the players. I love what your, your brother Ron is doing with, uh, X versus X. You really gotta, I hit him up on Instagram. Like you said, he didn't really respond. Yeah. Like, hey, who is this? At some point, Ron and I are going to catch up because, Oh no, no, no. Really, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this with um so you know what X versus X is about? Yeah, I watched that whole podcast. We're, we're, don't even don't even worry about it, man. Don't yeah. even worry about it. Like well, what you got going on down there, don't even worry about it. Like I yeah. I'll talk to him. I told I him to tune in. <laughs> I told him to tune in. I want to get him in. Like I really would like to just, you know, because we're trying to get FBA ambassadors. We already got we've already talked to hopefully I can say this. I, I I know they won't mind. So Kenny Anderson, Nick Anderson, Tree Rollins, Pat Burke. So what I've been trying to do, because we didn't get into so everybody sees the FBA. They they don't understand the whole vision. The vision is is nationwide. But I yeah. won't even I can't get into that right now. But what we wanted to do is create some FBA ambassadors. Retired mm. NBA guys and whatnot that can because people don't know Mark King. I want them no. to credential what we're going to do. I love to bring that like, with X versus X, and he's already doing a piece that I would love to bring that into what we're doing. And I don't, I don't yeah. want to get I'm giving everybody else all these other <laughs> leagues ideas and whatever. But anyway, <laughs> definitely want to want to do that. But the team no shovels VCAS is a place where we wanted to. Um, 
I wanted to just have a spot where we can talk about everything. And uh, I'm, I'm a man of many talents, right? You know, uh, you know, we, we can we can bust a freestyle right now. We, we, where's your freestyle game? What we got? What we got, Dan? Uh, uh, I grew up in the key of minor, minor league, and believe it, I can make the ass middle class beat. Uh, you know, on top of the dome, it's the king dome. You know, I'm okay. from Easter, where I'm from, on the point okay. to the T, on top, rocking the mic like I'm rocking a rye like Fago. If the mic is a waffle, let go of my ego. Get you hey. fit like a bagel. Uh, no, nah, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm from Detroit. You know I can hoop and hoop and rap. I like I like Detroit. Detroit got good music, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but you know what I mean? I I I don't I don't rap, I just talk, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I just do my thing and I I walk my walk with it, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. That's I mean I, I can rap. I, I I do a little bit of music though. Uh, no, yeah. I did like two um I got like two albums worth of music I did before. That's oh, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Where's the sound? What's the sound cloud? Lee, what? Uh, no, sound, no sound cloud. I'm, I'm gonna have to email it to you, man. Yeah. Um. Somebody shouted you out too, Tim Frey. Oh, uh, yeah, that's uh Tim. Uh, yeah, yeah. I figured he'd be watching. He say, hey, coach. Hey. Uh, John, Chris is saying, yo, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> John, John's on point, man. Who, yeah. Do you know John? I don't know John. No, I don't know. No, I see. I have the Facebook group. That's what, like, you know, what I'm saying. I started my podcast regular. I just had an anchor account one day. Started a podcast, and I was just like, all right, let me create a Facebook group. I was on Facebook for like five years, and I got back on and doing. I just created a group, and the group just grew. You know, what I mean, I got a bunch of supporters. So these lives, you know, what I mean, this is just for the for the um group. You know, what I mean, it's exclusive content that won't go on my podcast and stuff. This would just be like um like right now we're on Facebook and we're also on Periscope. Oh, you, know you you said some big numbers on Periscope the other day. I was how many people are viewing right now? Wow. See, yeah, I I haven't um I need to I need to get back into. I haven't. Yeah, truth be told, uh, Daniel, um, I I learned about Streamyard. It was you, and I did another interview for the law firm with yeah. another lady, Suzanne Lynn. Who shout out to her? She's fantastic. Triangle mm -hmm. Media team. But uh, both of y'all were using Streamyard, and so that day I was like, Yo, let me try this out, and I ended up doing a test broadcast, and I was mm -hmm. like. Man, this is really nice. This is nice and clean, and Amazing. I love it, man. So yeah, you, you, you know, you you doing it right, man. I, I, you know what I love about you, Daniel, is is you've you've figured out your passion, and you've turned away into like once you get this monetized and get it on all kinds of platforms and start, you know, I'll tell you, I'm gonna spit some game for you on the back end, right? We start talking about how to get some sponsors. I got some ideas for you that I'm gonna use. Happy to share those with you so we can. Right. Get commercials yeah, and all that yeah definitely. man we get this money right like let's yeah, exactly. get, it, get it pop i mean it's not about the money but it yeah. is a crucial important part about american like, life <laughs> i feel like this like with the podcast no it's not about the money but i feel like the the notes i gotta take when i'm doing a show and stuff like that you know what i'm saying and um my podcast i have 46 episodes episode 42 dropped today though but i already did ahead so i just release them every monday or whatever uh -huh. i got episodes all the way up until may 11th you know oh, and, wow. um, so um yeah 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 so I, I feel like you know of course i would want to monetize it because there's a lot to prep for a show and 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 you know and, and do that the prepping like getting the guests is easy for me but um like just the prep like what i'm going to talk about you know what i'm saying but then now i've just been doing a lot of regular fun podcasts with my friends yeah, you know, no, I mean? this is you dope. Can have random regular basketball talk. You can have hot takes, 
and everything. There was a guy, his name is uh, Hannibal. Hannibal, um, he got this YouTube page, just hit 600 subscribers called um, um, something of a basketball ballaholic or something. I forgot the name, and it just left my mind as it came in, too. I'm so sorry, Hannibal. But um, he said that Reggie Miller is the most overrated star in the NBA. It was so funny, man. I want to ask you something. Yeah. Uh, no, what's your basketball hot take that you believe in? That, that that even though everybody agree with you, like what, what's your what's your basketball hot take? Well, I mean, well, one thing I say, I don't know if this qualifies. One of the things the way I coach, I believe in positionless basketball. Mm, okay. So um, I, I actually teach, we teach triangle offense, and but I make our guards get in the post, and I teach our kids this as well because I want them to not if they hit a growth spurt. Yeah. Or if they if they're the tallest in fourth fifth grade now and don't mm-hmm. grow, I don't want them not knowing how to play any position that they need to play, you know. But if you're talking about in terms of a like hot take with like, like I got opinions on Steve Nash, I got opinions on LeBron and Kobe and Michael Jordan. I tell you this great, this is a great story. We're driving home from a game with mm-hmm. uh, Josh Anderson, right? And, and the van got into this big, fun debate. That's one of the things I love about minor league basketball, the rides yeah, home and right. the camaraderie. We started talking about Michael Jordan and what effect Scottie Pippen had on Michael Jordan's career, right? Yeah. So I, I, I'm of the opinion. And, and, no, you know what? I'm going all the way because I'm Zeke all the way. Uh, I'm of the opinion that Scottie Pippen wouldn't have been a fourth of the player he was if he didn't play with Michael Jordan. Flat out. I'm not saying he wasn't talented. No, I'm not, I, I, go ahead. I'm not saying he's he what he became. That's I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if he doesn't ever play with Michael Jordan, he doesn't come become but a fourth of the player that he became. Flat out. And mm. so I was in the van like, I don't think Michael Jordan needed Scottie Pippen. I think anybody like Scotty that came would have pitched, mm. latched, latched on to Mike, learned. Yeah. And been influenced by Mike's greatness and become a heck of a basketball player. That's what I believe. You know so, what made Scotty good though? That he wasn't an alpha male. Right. Yeah, he's I saw best, that. He's the yeah. best. He's the best beta basketball player of all time. Yes, I he mean, is. He filled his role and he contributed. Right. That at the yeah. end of the, it. But you know, just I'm gonna put him on blast a little bit. What? So we. So Josh called Nick Anderson. So we got Nick on the phone, right? So it was like, okay, kind of like, like it would be like you getting Ron on the phone, right? So we got yeah. Nick on the phone on on speaker, and we're talking about it. So Nick said, absolutely, Michael Jordan wouldn't have won without Scotty. And I was won. like, he wouldn't have won without Scotty. That's what Nick said. Mm. And and I was like, you know, it, it shook me a little bit, but I was like, I didn't know if like Scotty was his man's in them, you know, but. You have to respect his opinion on that because he played with him. He played Let me ask you a question about that. Yeah, I think that Mike probably he probably wouldn't have needed Scotty for 91, 92, 93. But I think the last repeat was when we really seen Scotty, you know, really show out. You know, I thought he could he could have been Finals MVP twice. Yeah, I want, yeah. I want to take on this. My opinion is this: if Michael Jordan never retired, I always thought that the ninety four Rockets would have got him. And I also think that um, if Orlando just stayed, if they would have just paid Shaq, they would have they would have got him. They would have got him too. They would have got him like maybe like 97, 98. I don't think Jordan he he wouldn't have been six and zero if he would have played through the nineties. He was <sighs> people think he would have ran the nineties. I don't think he would have did it. He would have he would not gone undefeated 
I so that's why I love these debates. I yeah. I don't I don't want to say I agree with you, but the the reality though, and people really don't take this into account. It's very hard to win more than three championships. Like you lose energy and ambition, and I think that Mike stepping away from the game helped him reestablish his hunger. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the other thing, and so I'm going to quantify myself a little bit because I'm a Detroit guy. I'm supposed to hate Michael Jordan, and I grew up my life hating Michael Jordan because the <laughs> bad boys wouldn't have it. And the other reason I will say I'm going to qualify this, I'm, I'm biased because I don't like Scottie Pippen and what they did with, with Zeke, Isaiah Thomas with the Dream Team and all that. But I think you you have a very valid point, Daniel. Uh, I don't know if the, the, uh, the Rockets would have got him, um, I don't know because um, I don't know. That's a good point because even though let's see, who did they have? They have was that Luke Longley at that time? Luke yeah. Longley, Wellington. Those guys were were salvageable big men. To I mean, they were big. So I, I I'm not saying they would have competed with Olajuwon, but I don't know if and I love Kenny Smith. I, I don't know. Like, I think Scottie Pippen locks down Kenny and who else? They had Mad Max. Mad Max is crazy. Um, but I, I don't know that they would have, like, who would who would have checked Michael and Scotty? No, we know that already. I just think that the team was really deep. You know what I'm saying? And uh, this was before Rodman. Remember, they didn't have Rodman in right. before. This is the, the, the Kukos yeah, this, team. Like, this is PJ, you trust PJ. Yeah. Was it like, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that was Kukos. That was a Kukos coming oh. off the bench. So that's what I'm saying. Like that team would have been a good series. Yeah. I think I think I think it would have been if they would have if they would have if Jordan never would have, would have retired. The, the one thing about Jordan, and, and it can't be overstated, his will to win is unlike anything. That's why I put him as the GOAT. His will to win mm. and, and just his ability to impose his will on the game. Um yeah. I think to be honest with you, the only person that comes close close is Kobe. Uh, shout mm, out to Kobe. Okay. I show out this. Shout out to Kobe. That's that's my oh, man. Wow. It says it's the one thing you can control. Uh, you are responsible for how people remember you or don't. So don't take it lightly. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm a big Kobe fan, but I, I don't know. Like like I said, I'm a Detroit Pistons bad boy, man. I'm not supposed to like Michael Jordan, but we have to now. It's over, right? So you got to respect yeah. that kind of greatness. And so, here's my hot take. I got another hot take for you. Speaking of Detroit, Isaiah okay. Thomas is in my top ten of all time. Top five. Ooh, okay. Ooh, wow. Oh, wow. Top five. Let me tell you why. He's the only one in NBA history at his size to be that lead man and lead him I'm to the championship. Saying, you know we, what I'm saying? Talk about AI all the time. He didn't get it done, man. He didn't get it done. And here's what I, let me let me go in on this. Oh, I'm, I'm, let's, let's go. go. Let's go. Let's Listen, go. Pistons, right? Like, no disrespect. I love them boys, them 89-90 bad boys. Think about this. As much as good as Dumars was, Vinny Johnson, Bill Ambeer, John Sally, man, without Isaiah, these guys are not anybody important. Flat mm. out. Flat out. Mm. These guys weren't all-stars. They, no, they didn't take a bunch of all-stars and bring them in. Like, yeah, they, they Scotty like, was in the IA Division One school and comes into the NBA, so I'll give him that. But, man... Outside it, it's like Dumars went to McNeese State, bro. <laughs> right? Robman came from another NAIA school. I, John Sally, you know, look, look, them guys weren't that good. So, I, look, you can say whatever you want. Them boys should have probably had three or four championships. We already know about the Kareem file, mm-hmm. right? But in terms of Isaiah and his greatness, yeah. You, you, look, man, 
over a thousand assists in, in, in a season, I think twice, right? Something yeah. like that, or ten assists a game twice. Um, you know, salvage his own scoring ability to make his teammates better. Yeah. Uh, darn near created a situation for Dumars to be MVP of the finals in the 89-90 series. Talk, talk. Uh, I mean, yeah, you I mean, and he's six foot. Did you see? You know what I saw recently? They're, they did the MVP All-Star 86 game. And nobody's seen it, right? There was a play that got called off. They called a foul. Yeah. Uh, somebody shot a layup and missed it. Isaiah jumped over the back of uh, was it was it uh, was it Ralph Sampson? Somebody and dunked it with two hands. I've never seen. I gotta check that out. I gotta look. Man, that I'm, gonna, I'm gonna find out. I'll send it to you. But no, yeah, I'm I'm saying top five, man. He beat Bird. He beat Jordan. He beat Magic. Come on, man. Three Both of the greatest. Three of the top. Top ten, two or three of those guys are arguably on the on, on Mount Rushmore, and yep. he took two of them, two championships. I'll, I'll even say this: here's a hot take for you. We created Jordan. We did. No, of course, no, no, that's not a hot take. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. Be who he was without us, you know? So whatever. I, yeah, I'm, all day long, man. I, Isaiah, I'm, let me go in, in credential and qualify me. He's my favorite player of all time, my hero. I don't care what he's done with the Knicks, all that, whatever. Yeah, I, he's one of the best players. He, I grew up watching. I play basketball the way I do because Isaiah Thomas. Mm. Flat, flat out. Thomas, he's tough, man. He's tough. You know what I like about him? I used to watch him coach, right? You know what I'm saying? When he used to coach my brother in the faces. Right, right? Yeah. So, you know how cool he is? Like, yeah, man, you know. But when he coach in practice, he don't do it. Now notice, he don't. He's not intense in the game, and on TV right. or when he's at the NBA game, he's not doing that. But in practice, he's one of the most intense coaches I've ever seen. Really? He screams. Wow. Yes, Isaiah Thomas, he yells. He gets in players' faces. That is, I would love for I would have loved for like coaches to see this. Like I like how he carried himself as a coach. Whatever they, I don't care about what he did as a GM. You know what? I feel like he got pays played, and that's and that's good. In this NBA, you know, the, you know, owners will wipe you out, will wash you out. So I'm glad he got all his pay, his players paid. So I don't have no issue with Isaiah Thomas when it comes to that. But yeah. I, I wish a lot of coaches would see this. Like that's how you carry yourself as, as a coach. You don't do it publicly, privately in practice. Yeah, you got you. And I thought that they let him go too soon. They could have had the championship. I think he had those guys. You know ready to go more than Rick Carlisle. I don't think Rick Carlisle could relate to the players more than Isaiah Thomas could. That was my – that's just my opinion on it. I think two of the mo the biggest coaching travesties in the NBA is Mark Jackson and Isaiah Thomas. Uh, both guys that were qualified, very good coaches that got – they did get to see the fruits of their labor. And I say this all the time in terms of coach. I'm glad you said this. But I didn't know. I was just going on what I felt. But I always felt Isaiah was an underrated coach. You know, and he is very hard. Let's remember Magic Johnson is a coach now. It's very hard for great players to become great coaches. Same thing with Bird. I thought Bird did a very phenomenal job uh, with the Pacers and, and him coaching. He's probably yeah. a better GM because – He's probably just tired, man. He's old and tired, but but Isaiah, man, I'll I've really felt like he should have coached more and longer. Yeah. But uh, you know, you you gotta respect that man though. And the way they did him on Dream Team uh, one is garbage. Is garbage. I hate it. Uh, you're wrong for that, Jordan. You're wrong for that, Scotty. Magic is supposed to be your boy. You should have stood up for him, whatever. But I love y'all. Um, yeah. That's how I feel about it, man.
Exactly, exactly. Before we go, I got one final uh statement from John John Cunningham. Thank you for being on the show too, John, with all your comments and stuff. I really appreciate you. He said that Mike never beat Burr, he'd be the old magic and a beat up bad boys and stuff. But he's talking about like comparing Isaiah Thomas to what Isaiah Thomas took down the holy trinity of basketball. Super facts. <laughs> Super facts, man. I mean, and he's only six foot. He was probably was five eleven, if we're honest. But, you know, I mean, people, yeah, he's super undervalued, one of the most underrated players of all time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the reason that he didn't get his due, let's just be honest, capitalistic NBA America that didn't want to see a guy. You know, the one thing they did wrong, and he agreed to, he owned it. We, we They didn't shake the hand of the Bulls after yeah. that one game. But you know what? We don't even talk about it. You know the Bulls did the same thing. Nobody ever talks about it. They didn't, mm -hmm. they, they didn't shake the hands of the Pistons before. We don't talk. I'm gonna I'm gonna send that link. I can't I can't even remember off that. I'm gonna send you a link. But people act like the Pistons were the only team that was that was dirty like that. And then let's not even talk about how the Knicks adopted that style. Mm -hmm. uh, all these other teams adopted that style. The only people that couldn't do it and get away with it was the bad boys. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We, we it, so whatever. You exactly, know, man. man, listen. <laughs> I, I can go all day on Detroit till I did. Inktown, what's up? Well, I love y'all. Michigan Professional Basketball Association. We are on our way. I'm gonna. I'm bringing it. I'm coming home, folks. I'm coming that's, home. That's funny. Well, yeah. Thank you for coming on to the show, man. Let um the viewers know how they can reach you. So you can find me. I got a coach page, Coach King on Facebook. We got Mark King 14 on as my regular page, which isn't a, like a, it's my profile page. Uh, we got flighthoops.com for the Florida flight. FBA website is www.thefba.com, T-H-E-F-B-A.com. Um, we're on Twitter, Mark King 14, FBA hoops. We're on Instagram. We're everywhere, man. Like, I mean, just search FBA and uh, Mark King basketball. You'll find me everywhere. I'm real approachable to to um, shout out to everybody listening. If you're a basketball player, young or old, and you're trying to make something out of your life, be team no service. Just don't don't listen to don't let anybody define what success means for you. You define it. All you got to do is put in that work. You got to get a, you know, I got one more thing. At this day and age, you got no excuse to be a good basketball player. You got so many resources. Do you remember we used to do the VHSs? Yep. And watch them NBA superstars on the VHS and push the rewind button. I used yep. to study Isaiah, Tim Hardaway, Kenny Anderson, all that. Like you got you kids got it easy now. You exactly. don't have like if you want to do it though, you all you gotta do is check in with yourself and say, What is my passion? Am I am I passionate enough about this? And just go and do that. You wanna right. reach out to me, I'm very approachable. You you can't be from like out of the country trying to get me to get you a visa and all that. I can't bring you, you know, <laughs> I get so many people from like all these other countries trying to, I want to be in America. I can't help you with that. But if unless, you're, unless you're, unless you're seven foot two. <laughs> and even then I got like, you, know, you guys are talking about paying for H1B visas and all like, yeah, like I listen, I'll say, I'll end with this. I am a student of the game, both business and the game. I know what I'm talking about. I can help you. I'm here for you. I, I care about people. Uh, I'm team no shovels all day long. If I can help you, reach out to me. I'm real approachable. So, yeah. but don't don't come to me half stepping. Exactly. What do your daily actions say about the pursuit of your dreams? Don't tell me what you're doing. I want to see your actions. You do that, exactly. we're going to be kindred spirits. I'm going to help you. Exactly. With that being said, man, we out, man. I want to thank y'all for coming on, and um, thank you for coming on. Thank everybody for watching, man. Until next time, man, we out of here, man. Yeah, man. Appreciate you, Daniel. I'm Team No Solos next. I'm going to get at you. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right, brother. Thanks. No problem, man. No problem at all.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Daniel Artest Podcast live stream edition. Remember, follow me on social media, on Instagram and on Twitter. It's Daniel Artest Pod. You know we got the Facebook group. You can just search the Daniel Artest Podcast. And I'm also on YouTube, Artest TV. And you can subscribe to my podcast. I'm on every podcast platform like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, iHeartRadio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Daniel Artest Podcast, and we are out of here.